to be honored with the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 3. We're also looking into the book of Titus chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. Let me remind you that you should have this sheet of paper, uh, fill in the blank sermon notes. Please fill in those blanks. And uh, at the Lay Pastors Network training, we will give you a three-ring binder. It will have all of Dr. Bosman's material in it. But I want you to put three sermons that I have preached as well uh, in your uh, binder, in your notebook, so you will have them for reference in time to come. Amen. First Timothy chapter number 3 this morning began reading with verse number 1. We are reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Amen. The Bible says this is a trustworthy saying, if someone aspires to be an elder. Now the word elder is the same as the word pastor, okay? It can be used interchangeably. So from now on, I'm going to use the word pastor instead of elder, all right? If someone aspires to be a pastor, he desires an honorable position. So a pastor must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A pastor must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Then in the book of Titus, chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, again in the New Living Translation, and much of it is the same. It says, uh, uh, I left you on the isle of, uh, island of Crete so uh, you could complete our work there and appoint elders or pastors in each town as I instructed you. A pastor must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. An elder must live a blameless life, must not be arrogant or quick-tempered, must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home. He must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. This morning I want to, uh, I want to paint you a portrait of a pastor. Portrait of a pastor. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Lord, it is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, I just pray today, Lord, that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will anoint the ears of the hearer today. God, may what is in our, comes through our ears, may it come down deep into our heart today. Lord, what is on, in my heart today, what is about to explode on the inside of me, Lord, may it also get into the heart of our people. And Lord, may they become excited about, Lord, the, uh, where you are taking us uh, and Lord, the direction that you have for our church. Church. Father, all for the glory of God, we ask these things. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Well, you may be reseated this morning. Well, today is the third and the last week uh, that I'm going to talk about the lay pastor's 
network. Now, the lay pastor's network is simply a system of pastoral care that is provided by the laity. It's provided by the laity of the church to every single person in the church. Now, presently, we have uh, about 150 or so uh, families who attend our church. That, that's about 450 people who call New Bethel their home church. As the lead pastor with three full-time staff members, two part-time staff members, uh, we can provide crisis care. Uh, anyone in crisis uh, situation will get the attention of the pastor. They will get the attention uh, of, of the staff. But, but, but how many understand that people don't just need crisis care? They don't just need crisis care. They need pastoral care. And that is simply impossible if the structure or the system is that only the professional full-time clergy provides it. Uh, we also need to put a, a system of care in place for future growth. How many know that God is not going to send us people if we do not have a system or a structure in place uh, to take care of them? God loves people more than we do. Uh, and only when we put a system and a structure in place whereby we can take care of the people, only then will God be able to trust us with more people. Now, we've already uh, established in the first two sermons that, that according to Scripture, not according to me, not according to Dr. Bosman, but, but according to Scripture, everybody in the church is a minister or should be, should be. Uh, now, there is a distinction in Scripture about the job description uh, of a God-called full-time pastor and that of a God-called saint in the church. There, there's a difference in job description. There, there's a difference in, in function, and yet both are equally called to ministry. Most of the time we just think of the full-time pastor, the full-time ministers, the full-time clergy. We only think of them as being called into ministry, but actually, according unto the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 through 16, uh, Paul says that all of us have been called into ministry. Paul says in this passage that, that, that the pastor's job is to be an equipper. The pastor's job is to be a ministry trainer. And then he says that the saint's job in the church is to do the ministry of the church once they have been trained and equipped by the pastor. Now, in the lay pastor's network that we are going to implement, the full-time pastor and the full-time staff will continue to do crisis care. We have always done crisis care and we will continue. I want you to know that we will continue to do crisis care. If someone faces a true crisis in their life and we are aware of it, they will have my undivided attention and they will have the attention of, of the staff. But after the laity has been trained, they will be released and empowered to do pastoral care. Well, you say, Pastor, what is pastoral care? Well, pastoral care is simply personal attention directed at every single person in the church, whether they are in crisis or not. That's all that it is. It is simply personal attention directed at every single person in the church, whether they are in a crisis or not. Or not. Because you see, people need to feel loved. Uh, they need to feel cared for. They need to be noticed. Not just when they are in a crisis situation. Let me ask you this morning. What if you only paid attention to your spouse? 
What if you only paid attention to your parents? Or what if you only paid attention to your kids only when they were in, in a crisis situation? Only when they were in the hospital or, or when somebody died or, or, or when one of them was in trouble? Wouldn't work very well, would it? And I don't think it works very well in the church either. People in the church need personal attention. Not just when they are, not just when one of their loved ones dies. Not just when they're in the hospital. Not when, just when they're going through a divorce. Not just when they're, they have a boatload of trouble, uh, at that particular time in their life. No, no, uh, pastoral care is simply personal attention received on an ongoing, regular basis by people who genuinely love and care. Now, we have a new vision statement uh, in our church, and it's caring people, caring for people, caring people, caring for people. And this is what the Lay Pastors Network is all about. It's simply caring people, caring for people. This Friday night, you've already heard at 7 o'clock right here at the church, we are going to begin training anyone that thinks they might be interested in this ministry. If you think you might be interested in this ministry, I want you to be here Friday night at 7 o'clock. It'll be from 7 until 9 on Friday night. And then on Saturday, because, uh, because we no longer own this building, and because the people that own this building are seventh day, or worship on Saturday, we can't have the building on Saturday. It's theirs. And so on Saturday, we're going to be moving to Faith Assembly in Arlington. Faith Assembly in Arlington. And Friday night, I'll have you directions. I'll have you a map. I'll have everything. All you got to do is just show up on Friday night, and then I'll tell you where you need to be on Saturday morning. And anybody interested in the possibility of being involved in this ministry is invited to attend. And let me tell you that, that uh, attendance uh, at this training is mandatory. Say mandatory. mandatory. It's mandatory if you want to be a part of this ministry. So you're going to be thoroughly trained. You're going to be equipped to do the ministry. And listen, if you have the ability to simply follow instructions and, and if you possess a loving and a compassionate heart, you can do This ministry, it's not rocket science. It's just caring people, caring for people. Well, this morning I I want to point, I want to paint a portrait for you. Now, now truth be known, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. And so, and so my, my portrait is going to be a word portrait this morning. I'm going to paint you a word portrait. And this portrait is going to be a portrait of a pastor. You see, this new ministry is called the lay what? The Lay Pastors Network. If you become a part of this ministry, you're going to become an extension of my ministry. You are going to be representing me. And so if you represent me, then the requirements or qualifications that I have, maybe you ought to have them too. If you're a lay pastor. Now, perhaps not to the same degree that I do, but basically, basically. So this morning I have decided to paint for you with words a portrait of what a pastor should look like. This is what he should look like. Now, now this portrait is not a complete portrait, but it will give you a good idea. So today I'm going to be making an acrostic uh, out of the word pastor, P-A-S-T-O. Are. We're going to make an acrostic of this word pastor. And, and I'm going to start with the letter P this morning of the word pastor. And for the letter P, I'm using the word passionate. Passionate. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 2 says, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. 
Not for what you can get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Now there are two words in this verse that I want you to notice this morning. And the words are willing and eager. Willing and eager. You see, true pastors are passionate about their ministry. And there's your time to say amen. Uh, I said true pastors are passionate about their ministry. True pastors love people and they love serving them. Now, now hear me this morning. I'm, I'm not saying that, that, that pastors don't get weary. I'm not saying that pastors don't get tired. I'm not saying that pastors don't get discouraged sometimes. Uh, everybody gets tired, weary, uh, discouraged. No matter what it is they do, whether they're a pastor or whether, they're, whether they work at Albertsons, whatever you do, we all get tired. We all get weary. Uh, uh, we, all, we all get discouraged sometimes. But pastors who pastor uh, out of some type of obligation... Uh, pastors who, who pastor out of some uh, type of obligation or guilt. Uh, pastors who, who serve without joy and without, without enthusiasm. Listen, I believe they would, they would do themselves and, and they would do everybody as well a favor if they just quit. I can talk about pastors. I are one. I said pastors that serve without joy, pastors that serve without enthusiasm, that they would do themselves and those they minister to a favor if they simply quit. At least quit until they, until they got their heart right and the desire to minister became strong in their heart once again. Amen. Romans 12 and 11, Paul says, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. Now, now hear me this morning. I, I'm not saying that, that, that you have to be an over-the-top sanguine cheerleader constantly yelling, rah, rah, rah. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. But I am saying that I am looking for some people to represent me in ministry that are passionate about ministry. Oh, I'm looking for some people to represent me in the lay pastor's network. Amen. That their countenance and their demeanor will portray somebody that is genuinely enjoying serving the Lord and enjoying serving and being in ministry. So what does a pastor look like? He, he, he should be passionate. He ought to be a person that, that there's a fire shut up in his bones, man. I mean, I mean, there's some enthusiasm. There, there, there's some energy. There's some excitement. Amen. Because he's excited about an opportunity to serve the Lord. Well, let's look at the A in the acrostic of the word pastor. I'm using the word authentic. Authentic. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, an elder or a pastor must be a man whose life is above reproach. Friend, pastors should be the real deal. They should be the real deal. They they should be people of impeccable character. For a pastor, character is much more important than charisma. Fact of the matter is, it's very dangerous when when a pastor possesses more charisma than he does character. And I'm afraid we have some of those in our world today who they have incredible, unbelievable charisma, but they have no character. And that's very, very dangerous. Let me suggest this morning that charisma will draw a crowd. Charisma will draw a crowd. Only character can build a church. Charisma will, jo- will draw a crowd. Character can build a church. I- I'm talking about a church that will, that will last. In 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, and Titus chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, that we read uh, a minute ago as we began this lesson today, these passages point or paint the portrait of a true pastor. 
Now, I've already read, so I'm not going to take time to read them again this morning. But in essence, these passages are saying that a pastor ought to be authentic, that, that, that he ought to be the real deal, uh, that he ought to live out what he preaches. And I'm looking for some people who will represent me in this lay pastor's network. Amen. I'm looking for some people that will be an extension of me. And let me tell you, I'm not just looking for anybody. I'm not just looking for anyone this morning. I'm looking for some authentic people. I'm, I'm looking for some people who actually walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Now hear me, I'm not talking about perfection, but I am talking about progression. People who are making progress in their spiritual walk. Well, we're painting a portrait this morning of a pastor today. I'm, I, I'm painting this portrait with words. We're making this acrostic out of the word pastor. What, well, what should a pastor look like? Well, he ought to be patient. He ought to be authentic. And for the S, I'm using the word servant. Servant. First Peter chapter 5, verse 2 and 3. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you serving. Say serving. Serving, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. And notice notice what it says next, verse 3, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Again, there are two words I want us to notice here, and they are the words serving and example. Serving and and example. You see, a true pastor is more interested in his people than his position. He's more interested in his people than he is his position. Listen, hirelings care about the position. True pastors care about the people. Now, in the word of the Lord, God called saints sheep. Sheep. He didn't call them cattle. He called them Sheep. How many understand there's a big difference in cattle and sheep? Cattle are driven. Sheep are led. And true pastors lead by example and not by exhortation. Do as I say, not as I do. Doesn't work very well for a pastor. You see, I don't just preach about tithing and giving, I practice it. I I don't just preach on prayer, I actually pray. I don't just promote missions, but I give and I go. And I'm looking for some people today for the Lay Pastors Network who who will lead by example. I'm looking for some people today who will serve people, not just seek a position. Jesus said in Matthew 20 and verse 28, I did not come in order to serve, to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Let's look at the T in our acrostic of the word pastor this morning. I'm using the word tender-hearted. True pastors have a big heart. Their hearts are full of love and mercy and grace and and compassion. In John 10 and 11, Jesus said, "I, I am the good shepherd. And he said, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Fourteen times in the Gospels, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion towards people. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, it says that Jesus is sympathetic and that he understands our struggles. 
So I'm looking for some people for the Lay Pastors Network who are tender-hearted. Let me tell you this morning, hard-hearted people need not apply. People whose favorite statement is, good enough for them. They made their bed, now let them lie in it. If they want to bail out, let them call the president. That's not the kind of people that I am looking for to represent me in the lay pastor's network. But I'm looking for some people whose hearts are easily touched. I'm looking for some tender-hearted people. I'm looking for some people, amen, that will let God touch their heart in behalf of somebody else's need. Looking for some people whose hearts are filled with mercy and grace and love. I'm looking for some people like the father of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. You know the story well. Oh, his son was guilty. His son, oh, was a disgrace. His son broke the father's heart. Oh, his son was a, was a reproach to the family name. Oh, his son looked and acted and smelled like the filth of the world that he had been wallowing in. Oh, but the Bible says that when he came home and when he repented, oh, when he said, Father, I have sinned against God and I've sinned in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be a son. Just let me be one of your hired servants. Servant in your house, Father, is better than a son in the world. But the Father said, you will never ever be my servant. Oh, the Father said to his son, you have been, you are, and you will always be my son. And the Father said, bring the best robe and put it upon him. Oh, bring some shoes and put on his feet. Bring the family ring and put it on his hand. Oh, kill the fatted calf. Let there be music and dancing. My son was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he's found. Oh, let's have a party. Let's have a celebration. Oh, that's the kind of heart that I'm looking for in a lay pastor. How many understand that the father had every right to wail the tar out of his son? He had every right to tell him, you no good scallywag. Man, do you know? Do you know what you've done to our name? Do you know what you've done to this family? Do you know you've disgraced us? Do you know everybody's talking? I'll look at you. I raised you better than this boy. You know better than this. He had every right. But no, no, his heart was touched when he saw his son. He saw the condition of his son. He didn't chastise him, but he just loved on him. That's what I'm looking for this morning of the Lay Pastors Network. Listen, anybody can throw a rock. Anybody can throw stones. Anybody can play armchair quarterback. Anybody can say, if I were him, no. You don't know what you would do. God, give us Some people with tender hearts. Pastors are tender hearted. Painting a word portrait of a pastor today. For the O and the acrostic of the word pastor, a pastor. Let me suggest he's observant. Observant. See, a true shepherd knows what's going on with his sheep. True pastor or shepherd is always on the lookout. Watching for signs that the enemy could steal 
or harm his sheep. He looks for signs that his sheep have been wounded. Oh, so that he can mend the wounds. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 through 31 says, Guard yourselves in God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church. Purchase with His own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as a pastor. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave and they will not spare the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you. Night and day, and all of the tears I shed for you. If you become a lay pastor, you'll be assigned a small flock of three to five families to watch over. You'll be taught what to do, as well as what not to do. And as I said very clearly last week, lay pastors will have people under them to care for, but not to control. People under them to minister to, but not to meddle in their personal lives. People to disciple, but not dictate to. Lay pastors will be very observant of the flock that has been assigned to them. They will know what is going on in the lives of those few people that are under their care. Oh, they will know what what they are equipped and qualified to do for their individual flock. And then things beyond their ability and things beyond their authority, they will report them to authority over them. Let's look at the last letter in this acrostic of the word pastor this morning. In this acrostic, we are painting a word portrait of a pastor. This is what a pastor ought to look like. He ought to be passionate, has to be authentic, should be a servant, should be tenderhearted, should be observant. And for the R in the word pastor, he must be resilient. Resilient. Paul wrote to young to a young rookie pastor named Timothy, and he said to him in 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 3, he said, Timmy, son, be strong. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Endure suffering and hardship along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I want you to notice some key words here. The word strong, be strong. The word endure. The word soldier. Let me tell you something. Pastoring isn't for sissies. Now we have some sissies who hold the position, but they don't really pastor. Not everybody that has the title and the position really pastor. Let me tell you, pastoring is not for sissies. Because people aren't always nice. I grew up in the parsonage, the pastor's home. My mom and dad were under the persuasion that 
They didn't talk about church trouble in front of the kids. And it was amazing after I got to be an adult, became a pastor, and I sat down with my dad and I asked him about different people in the church. Some of the people I thought were his greatest supporters had a knife in his back the whole time he was there. Man, Dad, I didn't know. They, I thought they were the most spiritual. Yeah, that's whatever. They wanted everybody to think they were the most spiritual people in the church. But they were devils. Just tell it how it is. People aren't always nice. People can be mean sometimes. Some of the meanest people I've ever met, I met them at church. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? We wonder why the world doesn't want to be Christians. Amen? Pastoring's not for sissies. People aren't always nice. People can be mean sometimes. People take advantage of you sometimes. People will misunderstand you. People will misunderstand your motives sometimes. Sometimes the people you help the most will be the same people that hurt you the most. It's amazing to me. Amazing. Listen, friend, I've been lied about, I've been misrepresented, I've been misunderstood, I've been misquoted, I've been taken advantage of, I've been gossiped about, I've been slandered, you name it, and it has happened to me in the past 39 plus years of pastoring. But also I want to tell you that after 39 plus years of full-time ministry, I want you to know that I am still up here this morning telling you that there is absolutely nothing better in life outside of God and my family than to be called a pastor. Is pastoring difficult? Absolutely. Is pastoring stressful? Only on days that end in Y. <laughs> Is it a challenge today to try and be relevant without being reckless? To be up to date without becoming deceived? Absolutely. Pastoring has never been more challenging than it is today. I've been in this a long, long time. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, pastoring today is nothing like it was when I started 39 years ago. It gets progressively harder and harder and harder and harder. I'm not singing the blues. I already told you. Outside of my family and my relationship with God, nothing more fulfilling in my life. Don't want to do anything else. And pastor, I, I, I love the pastor. I love people. I love God. I love his word. I love the ministry. But it's a challenge today. Never has pastoring ever been more challenging than it is today. Oh, but friend, on the other hand, the, the potential to influence lives for eternity has never been greater than it is right now. Oh, but let me tell you this morning, if you think everybody is going to line up behind you, you think everybody is going to march in your parade, if you think everybody is going to sing your theme song, you're extremely naive. I have people that come in here and think I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I have people that come in here and can't stand what I have to offer. It's all right. It's what makes the world go round. Amen? So we just be who we are. And some like us and some don't. And some fall in behind us and some don't. Amen? We haven't been called to save the world. We've been called to our particular ministry 
Amen. To stand in the gap for the segment of people that God has already designed for us to minister to and to be a part of their life. Amen. Amen. Listen, friend. If you will surrender yourself to God and His design for your life, God will place a segment of people in your life that you can minister to. The lay pastors that I am looking for will be resilient people. They won't quit the first time somebody disappoints them. They won't quit the first time somebody takes advantage of them. They won't quit the first time somebody hurts their feelings. If we could get the musicians and singers in place this morning. 31 minutes. Aren't you glad for a great pastor's wife? Amen. Stand with me this morning in the presence of the Lord. There you have it this morning. A a word portrait of a pastor. Passionate. I'm not going to twist your arm to be a lay pastor because if I twist your arm to be one, I'm going to have to breathe life into you about every two weeks and I don't have that much energy. I'm trying to get some help. Not just giving myself more work. I'm looking for some people that are passionate. I'm looking for some people, amen, that, 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 that have a, they're excited about an opportunity of, oh, to care for people. Authentic. The real deal. Anybody is welcome in this church. No matter how you live your life, you're welcome. We love everybody, but the more you do, the higher that you rise in ministry, the more is expected out of you. And if you're going to be a lay pastor, you're going to be a person with impeccable character. You're going to be a person that not doesn't just talk and talk, but knows how to walk. Not perfect. We're striving for perfection. A servant. A servant. Tender-hearted. Observant. Somebody that's willing to spend some time and a little bit of effort. Amen. To be involved in somebody's life. In order to be there for them and help them. And resilient. Resilient. Friend, as I look around this room today, I see several people who look just like the portrait that I've painted today. The question I have this morning is, is it you? Is it you? This morning, if you are interested in becoming trained, or at least you... you, You're just interested in finding out more about it and you're willing to invest Friday night and Saturday. And that's a lot. I've never asked you to invest that much time, but it takes that much time to get you trained so that you'll actually be effective. If you've ever been asked to teach a Sunday school class and somebody shoved a book in your hand and shoved you in there at the last minute, you will appreciate the extensive training you're going to get. but awesome if you have any 
desire at all to find out more about it, get your connection card. Some of you have already done it, but if you have not, right now, this is the altar call right now. We're in the altar right now. This is the altar call. It's what we've been talking about for three weeks. It's what we've talked for two and a half hours. So if you have not... If you have not filled out a connection card, if, hey, if you're a deacon or whatever, and you say, well, they know I'm coming. No, get a card. Fill it out. Come on. Deacon, staff, everybody. We need to know how many is coming, how many to plan for. So get your connection card this morning. That's the altar call. Get your connection card. Put your, print your name. Very clearly, print your name very clearly. Your telephone number. And then check the box. Yes, I plan on attending the LPN training February 17 and 18. If you need child care, please specify the number of children and their ages. Okay? Give me their name, give me their the, the amount of children and their ages so we know how to prepare. You doing that right now? Nobody's coming? Nobody's coming? I know already 50 some people have already signed up. Maybe you signed up but you didn't give us your children or how many or their ages or whatever. Do it again. Do it again. So we put on there how many kids and their ages so we know how many to, how many to plan for. I, I cannot tell you the last time that I was as excited as I am right now. I, I believe that, that we're in a state of preparation right now. If there was a word for this year and I didn't give you the word and I didn't even ask God for a word because I knew what I was doing this year. Because God had been speaking to me for six months. But if I would give you a word, it would be the word preparation. Preparation. We are preparing for the future of our church. We're not just treading water for the next 18 months. We are, we are preparing. We are training. We are gearing up. We're getting ready so that when we move into that new building over there that holds 600 people and when God starts sending us those people, we're going to be ready and set on go and prepared. We're going to have lay pastors ready all already in place and others that went through the training but there wasn't a spot for them but now there is. And man, we're going to set on go and man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited about it. Father, I just pray, Lord, what you have birthed in my heart and in my spirit, Father, you will birth in the heart and the spirit of your people. Lord, I pray that you'll give us wisdom to put the right people in the right places. God, I pray that you'll put it in the heart of the people that need to be lay pastors to be at this training. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for the nearly nine years of incredible ministry that you've given us. But Father, I, I believe the next nine years, wow, it's just going to be Exploding, especially when we get into the new building and we've already been trained and, and, and set on go. And wow. Help us, God. Help us. Help us today. We're a little early this morning. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for any reason this morning, I want you just to step out in the aisle today. I don't want anyone to leave here without 
having an opportunity to be ministered to. So if you're here this morning and you need to be ministered to, you need someone to pray about something with you today, if you want to step out of the aisle closest to where you are, there'll be people that'll lay their hands on you and pray for you this morning. Is there anyone standing in the aisle? We have here's someone over here in the aisle. Here's another in the aisle. Anyone else? Would you extend your hand towards those that are in the aisle? Would you pray the prayer of faith for them this morning? Would you believe God minister in their lives to them? Let's sing, let's worship Him. There is a God who loves me. Wonderful day. Thank you for coming this morning.